Welcome to the very first episode of The Sales Report, where we will learn about how alumni from one of the world's top sales programs have found success in their career and in their life. Michigan State University graduates will discuss their professional journeys and the skills, knowledge, and habits that are required to be top performers. The Michigan State sales leadership minor leverages the strength of two nationally ranked colleges the Broad College of Business, and the College of Communications, Arts, and Sciences. I'm your host, Sydney DeHorn, and today we have Scott Rhinus with us. Welcome, Scott. Thanks, Sydney. Appreciate you having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Good, good to have you. Scott graduated from Michigan State in 2013 with a major in marketing and a specialization in sales and entrepreneurship. And currently, you are a sales representative at SciCan, where you've been for a little over four years now. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. Awesome. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your current role and the career path that you have taken to get to there? Uh, so my current role, I am the sales rep, the loan employee for my company covering Illinois and Wisconsin in the western half of the UP. Um, so, you know, it's been a work from home remote job, took the job in 2017, and I sell mainly sterilization equipment to uh, dentists and dental schools. Before that, when I came out of college, I worked for a dental distributor called Henry Schein, and then a different manufacturer in the dental space in Texas for a company called Crosstex. So it's always been dental sales, and that's kind of a uh, you know, I wanted to get into healthcare sales uh, when I was in the sales specialization at state and it, it's worked out that way. And that's the path that's uh, led me to where I am today. And how did you choose the healthcare space? Yeah, so I actually had like no idea what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. Um, and I went to community college, shout out Schoolcraft Ocelots. And after about a year there, there were three classes that really stuck out to me that I actually like really enjoyed. And I was uh, econ, business 101 and public speaking. So then I was like, all right, maybe business is kind of the way to go. I'll just get like a business associate. But I still didn't really know where, where I wanted to go from there. And then quickly learned accounting and finance were not for me. So went to marketing. And then I had a class at MSU, uh, marketing 313 with uh, Dr. And I really, really liked it. And it was, you know, interpersonal selling. And then that's where I learned one day he had info about the sales uh, specialization at that time. And yeah, and I got into that and the rest is history. And how did you choose the sales minor? How did you choose that you wanted to be in sales? And what what is exciting about it to you? So at that time, just really enjoying that class and kind of realizing these are the skills I like. I don't like some of the other skills I was having to learn in school. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was like, well, you know, let's explore it. And my dad uh, has been a salesman his whole life. So once I learned about the program, I was really enjoying it in school. You know, I kind of accepted, all right, uh, I'm going to be following in my dad's footsteps. He was a professor at Eastern Michigan teaching sales and and so once I was in there, I was like, I've got this perfect role model. I connected really well with all the professors and Jen Rumler at, in the specialization. And um, mm -hmm. it was a great, great group of classmates that I had. And so it always kind of felt natural from the get-go. And, and then once you're in the program, you kind of see all the opportunities they can provide you. Absolutely. How did you get to the company that you are at now? 
Yeah, when I was a junior at Michigan State, that's when mm-hmm. I realized, all right, I want to go into healthcare sales. And there's really not a lot of opportunities, kind of that notorious, like you need to have three to five years experience. How am I supposed mm-hmm. to get the experience, right? Yes. Um, and so I spent my junior year running around trying to find a company that would give me an internship. And it just wasn't working out. And I found this really small medical supply company in Novi, Michigan, which I kind of just begged them. I said, Hey, let me just lay out what I would like to do. And you only have to pay me commission. So there's no risk to you. And I said, it's going to be a three month summer program. And I know a little bit about social media and what, Mm -hmm. you know, basic web design. So I can help you guys there. And I, you know, I just want to go out and try to land some accounts for you. And if I happen to sell anything, you know, just give me a commission on it, but I, I just need to have this on my resume. And I try to just make it like as risk-free as possible. And it really worked out. And I actually just kind of did that part-time my senior year at state, like on like Fridays when I didn't have class, I would just maybe check in on some of my accounts or make a cold call or ask for work. So then when it came time for like looking for, you know, the big boy jobs, I could say, yeah, I actually have close to two years of medical experience. And they, you know, like the go-getter story of, you know, making my own internship and and at the national sales competition, Henry Shine had a dental division that hires exclusively from sales programs. You know, this is my my way into healthcare. You know, dental wasn't necessarily on my radar, but it's what was there. And once I got in, I I really liked it. And and so I popped around in the industry, but I really enjoyed dental. And that's that's the story of how I got there. I want to hear a little bit more of how you created your own internship? Did you just go to this company? I'm interested in your company and in your role. And the like contacts that I made at Michigan state that were like had recruiters and networking, you know, they kind of like already had their interns lined up for junior year because I transferred in as a junior and I was already like cramming classes and then just kind of diving into student organizations. And so I didn't really like have my footing underneath me until like the winter. And at that Mm -hmm. point, like GE healthcare was basically the only company that like had a sales internship for, you know, anything healthcare related on campus. So that opportunity wasn't there. And it's like kind of my only option uh, was either, you know, I did have an internship at Enterprise Rent-A-Car and that was great for learning a lot of, it was kind of like a sales boot camp, um, Mm -hmm. And I, I got a great like foundation of sales fundamentals from them but then but that was like right when I started so then once I realized it was healthcare I just kind of started going through like I googled you know medical supply companies near me when I was home one time I was like I'm going to be home Uh for the summer there's this one and I literally went and knocked on the door and asked them you know is this something they're interested in they said no and I was like let me expand further because that's kind of what I did in high school we had an an internship class in high school and I wanted to do it and that time my dad had a friend who was a private pilot and he worked at this like little airport that had like private jets and stuff and so I did the same thing then I like kind of just wrote down this like 10-week program and gave it to my dad's best friend who went to his company and said, Hey, I've got this, you know, close family friend who wants to do an internship for high school and, you know, we don't have to pay him. And this is what he wants to do. He just wants to explore every facet. So one week, you know, I followed a mechanic one week. I followed a pilot one week, you know, followed, uh, an assistant and just that sort of thing. And so I kind of like had already seen that work on a low risk scale 
you know, they didn't have to take any liability to bring this high schooler in, I'd just show up like twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of applied that to this and said, you don't have to pay me, you know, just give me commission if I'm, if I make some sales. That is so cool. Such a good story. I, I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably looking for tips on whether it's getting an internship like yourself at, the, at that time or getting a job and wanting to leverage their, their best skills or their best assets, you know, that will help them get that job. What would you say is top three tips that you go into an interview or looking for a new job or talking to someone about a job that you're interested in? What are, what are your tips for students that maybe are looking for an internship or a job right now? Yeah, I would say, um, I think the biggest thing is research, right? I, you know, when I think back to like, when I was in college, like you, this is that opportunity where someone would be like, oh, you gotta like make yourself stand out and be creative. You know, I heard a story of one person who like sent a cardboard, life-size cardboard cutout of himself to this employer. And was like, I really, you know, hire me. And like, I had a friend who (laughs) made this like fake resume out of like cardstock and it looked like a MacBook, and it had like this fake conversation between Steve Jobs and Bill Gates arguing over his credentials. Those are cool creative ideas, especially if you want to go into like a marketing space, then like that creativity Mm -hmm. is definitely rewarded. But like, that's a lot of work to just get your foot in the door. You still have to nail the interview. Mm -hmm. I think the better way to get the interview is like build a good resume in college. And that's like get involved in everything the specialization has through the internships network. And then when you have the interview, really good research. And I don't just mean like Googling who the CEO is or the last, you know, 10 articles to come out. So, you know, what the current events regarding the company is that should like, that's almost a given that like everyone, every candidate's going to do that. Like it's embarrassing if you like don't know that going into an interview, I would recommend like reaching out to employees of the company on LinkedIn, especially if you can find like similar jobs, hopefully some MSU alum that would be, you know, Mm -hmm. really willing to help you, but asking them like, Hey, you know, introduce yourself and just say, this is who uh, I am. And I'm trying to just like go into this interview and was just wondering if you have any tips and like what qualities would be important to like succeed in your company today or something. And then hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, if someone responds, you can parlay that into a phone call. Mm-hmm. And then when you go into an interview and you can say, you know, this is what I've learned. I've actually reached out to a couple of your reps. That's going to stand out because then all things being equal with the same resume and a good interview, you know, between candidates, they're going to look and be like, well, Sydney really wants this job. Like this isn't just like, you know, this isn't just like her fifth interview of the week and going through the motions. She's like doing the legwork and like obviously wants it. That's going to be more attractive to, to separate you. That's, that's what I would do. I think that's, that's good advice, especially when it comes to networking, because companies are constantly saying like network, network, network. But I think sometimes people that are just starting out getting an internship or a job, they don't really know exactly what that means. And so you, you've given a good example of, you know, reach out to someone who maybe went to MSU, who is working at a company that you want to work at right now, do your research. It's not just finding who the CEO is, it's finding that job and and then asking them the right questions. So when you do reach out to someone that might have that job that you're interested in at, that, at your dream company, what are those questions that you're asking, not only for 
for them to know that you're interested in the job, but also so that you know you're interested in the job. Right. Because it can also be a good way to like uncover red flags before, you know, because you're only going to get like, yeah, yeah, you're only going to get, you know, the the shiny gold speech from the (laughs) manager interviewing you. Um, So maybe you'll get lucky and find the disgruntled employee who tells you all the dirt. (laughs) Never mind. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I would just like, you know, I would just pose it like as something that's so simple that it's not even like imposing on them that it's not you're not expecting much out of them just say hi we don't know each other I haven't met you like it's so if you don't want to respond or whatever or you can refer me to someone that would be great all I'm asking all I want to know is like what uh what are the things that you're finding success in your day-to-day job or what is like what is your job like or I mean just like some basic knowledge that when you go into the interview, it comes across that you have a better understanding of what you're campaigning for, what you're trying to get hired for. So you could uncover like, hey, you know, this, uh, we hit, you know, maybe you get like a sales rep to say, this is like, this is a good product that we sell, but there are better, more expensive products and there Mm -hmm. are cheaper lower quality products. So the key to my success is identifying the right customers and delivering really good service. So that's good information to know when you go into the interview and say, you know, your rep, the reps that I've talked to from your company tell me it's a, you know, a really nice product, um, but it's a good option for the right customer. And so I think that I bring a lot to the table because I have a lot of energy and would make a lot of calls to find you know, those customers um, and not get discouraged when someone wants to go with the, you know, the Cadillac version of you mm-hmm. know, that your competitor has or the Walmart version or whatever. I mean, I think just like saying that statement would be so much more impressive than someone being like, yeah, I have a four point and society and that sort of sure. thing. So, so really leveraging the information that you may have heard from that person that you networked with in your interview about the company. Yeah. I mean, even just the fact that you can like, name drop an employee and say, yeah, I reached out to this person. They're really nice. And like, it seemed like the culture is great. And I would love to work with other people like Mm -hmm. Jack in the five minutes that I talked to him, that separates you because you're taking some initiative. Well, on the topic of getting a new job and coming right out of school, what was the hardest thing that you encountered from being a full-time student to being a full-time employee at the company, being on that working schedule? Oh, that's a good question. The hardest, the hardest thing about making that adjustment. You know, I think one thing that like people don't really, at least when I was in college, they didn't talk a lot about like mental health. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I graduated eight years ago. And so I think your generation does a better job that I know, especially with the pandemic, it's just kind of shed a light on that and more people are willing to talk about it. I think there's so much pressure when you come into college to like figure out what your major is, right? Which is a tall task for a teenager. And then by the time you're an upperclassman, there's so much pressure to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. And then there's pressure to find the job that, you know, so it's there on June 1st when you, you know, when you're done with graduation and, you know, get going. So I think once you you make that adjustment and you're there and you're like, all right, now what, you know, there's no like next step. This is, 
this is what I'm signing up for for the rest of my life. Um, and there's all this pressure to do it. Uh, I think you need, I think it's important to remember that, um, you know, companies, they're not, if, if you were going to get all your happiness and fulfillment in life out of your job, they wouldn't have to pay you to do it. Uh-huh. Right. Like, so there's a really, there's a really good <laughs> chance that your purpose in life isn't going to stem from your job. And I think that it's always, I think everyone, and you're not going to have it figured out in your twenties, is always going to be tweaking that balance in their life and figuring out where they get gratification and happiness and fulfillment from. And, uh-huh. um, I think the hardest adjustment for me was like, especially since I was so focused on getting a healthcare sales job and getting a job right out of college and, you know, you know, le- leaning into that hundred percent job placement that the specialization had. And, um, and it's, it was an adjustment to realize, you know, this is, this is a job that can, is going to allow me to find the things that make me happy in life and give yeah. me the flexibility and autonomy one day when, you know, I can advance in my career to a job where I can make my own schedule and, you know, have unlimited PTO and just get paid <laughs> for how hard I work. Um, right. And all that, you know, everything that's great in life is going to come outside of it. And, you know, the job, you know, you find a good job and get fulfillment out of it. But I think that you grow up and you're told like, you can be anything you want to be and you can make a difference and all those things. Mm-hmm. Like it's so easy to just, once you jump in and you're like, all right, I did it. I, I did all these things that I was supposed to do. And now I'm in the job to, yep. to think like, oh, this is like, this is supposed to bring me so much gratification when it is still a job, you know? That's, that's really, really good advice. And especially taking time for yourself. I took some PTO last week and it felt really, really good because I haven't taken PTO in several months. So I definitely am an an advocate for taking PTO and taking time for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, find a job that, you know, gives you good healthcare benefits. Almost all of them now include, uh, (laughs) include therapy and, you know, Michael Jordan, he is the greatest basketball player ever, but he, he had a coach every day of his life. There's like, you know, to think you can do anything on your own is kind of silly. So if you get a company that pay for you or you know you're taking money out of your paycheck you might as well get that aligned and I think you're going to get more satisfaction out of your job when you focusing on all aspects of your life and and realizing the job's just part of it and you don't have that pressure that it's supposed to be everything then you're probably going to do better at your job and you know the better you are at your job usually the more you enjoy it. You mentioned a coach before what advice do you have or individuals who are maybe starting their first job or going into sales or want to find a job that they can be enthusiastic in, but also take time for, for themselves when they need it. What's, what's your, what's your piece of advice for, for those looking for jobs or in a job currently? Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that like all we hear like as students and especially in the sales program, because there's so many good networking opportunities. It's like to network, network, network. When I was really involved in school, like in student organizations, um, I mean, it's like almost every day I was doing something like outside of the classroom. And there's just so many networking opportunities with the sales program. And I was in the marketing association and GSLS, the sales competitions, like mm-hmm. the list goes on. I was like always doing things. And I, in hindsight, I realized that like, always like talking to 
adults that were older than me. And like, and especially cause I was, had that mindset of, I want healthcare sales. So like, I wasn't expecting to get anything out of these people, but like, I knew I was supposed to be networking and talking to them, whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. By the time I actually got into sales and now I've got to sell to dentists and they're all older than me and they're all, you know, making more money than me. And I'm coming in telling them what they need to spend their money on. Like all that networking like prepared me for that and that there wasn't that discomfort of like, you know, who am I to be doing this? Um, mm-hmm. So I think if you're in school, like taking every opportunity to network, or if you are in a job and maybe you're looking for another job or looking to expand in that, I think even, you know, just going out of your way to talk to people and network, whether that be socially or you know just to make friends in the industry or if you have an agenda you don't need to have an agenda when you're networking with these people but like I got my foot in the door at this job because of a contact I made at my first job in college and at that time you know I didn't know that that's where it was going to lead to but I always just try to like stay in touch with as many people as I can and Mm -hmm. All, you know, I went to a trade show one day and I saw this booth for this company that I was familiar with called SciCan that like no one was attending the booth. And I was happening to visit, you know, in town with a friend that I had made for my first job. And I was like, hey, do you know, like what's going on with that company? Like why that rep didn't show up? That's not a good look. He's like, oh, I actually do. Like I heard through the grapevine, don't tell anyone, but he's like about to put his two week notice in. And I was like, oh. I was like, do you know who I could get my resume to? And then it kind of just snowballed into me getting the job. And oh. um, so, you know, it's always be building your resume, but always just having those contacts and those network um, opportunities. That I think that's probably key because you never know when you're going to cash in on them. Mm-hmm. And would you say that after networking for a while, like it gets easier uh I'm sure it depends on your personality type right okay Um, okay. I feel like I feel like it's almost gotten harder because I was young and energetic and maybe a little naive to the world when I was in college (laughs) right you're just living in this bubble and Uh the the football team's going to the championship games basketball team's going to the final four like you're surrounded with girls and guys your age who like all just want to have fun like life is good Uh um and then you get out in the real world and like you you take a lot more punches and you maybe just have a little bit less tolerance for making small talk with strangers when you're like I could be in my bed watching Netflix um but I think like after you break down that barrier and if you're if you can like be yourself you having those connections especially after the last two years where you're not connecting with people as much or just virtually um Mm -hmm. I think everyone deep down wants it and once you break the ice then like those connections always become a good thing you bring up a an interesting point of you could always you know be in bed watching Netflix or, or doing something other than career related if you if you want right so what keeps you enthusiastic or like excited to go to work every day and and be in sales and be in your role. And maybe that's not excited every single day, but what keeps you excited to keep going? You know, the really nice thing about sales and having a work from home job is that it just naturally lends itself to variety. 
I don't have to like try to, you know, have one week different than the other. It's like, I might have one day where it's really heavy, you know, traditional sales where I'm making the pitch and trying to get people to buy stuff. There might be sure. a day where I'm just doing a lot of training for customers that just bought the equipment and need to learn how to, you know, do it with an in-service or I could be, there could be days where I'm just in my pajamas all the time and it's phone calls and emails or problem solving mm -hmm. with issues. You know, my boss is in Dallas and he's a great boss and he's not micromanaging me. So just having the autonomy to run it, I think keeps me interested in itself because it does, I, there's a sense of ownership. And I think that's what's really unique about sales. It's like, you, you know, sure. you can find a position where you're running your territory. I'm not being pushed to sell anything I don't believe in. It's exciting. And when, especially when you can like overcome some of the challenges that just naturally come with the job, then there's that sense of, you know, that rewarding feeling of overcoming those. And then also, you know, getting your commission check. But outside of work, prioritizing friendships, you know, you, after, college it seemed like everyone is just like shotgun spray just went all over the country and it's like all right if I want to keep it'd be so easy to like lose touch with them or just text or whatever but like I want to yes. visit this friend in North Carolina and Denver and Austin and Chicago and like Indiana and all these things like I want to be able to do these things and I don't want it to like get to Christmas when I'm stressed out because I spent all my money traveling that's why I keep working you know if I hadn't spent any money I'd probably retire but Thank you so much, Scott, for your for your tips and advice. It's greatly appreciated. And hopefully it helps those that are listening to uh, the sales report as well. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Sydney. Thank you. Well, thanks all so much for listening to the sales report today. Please be sure to follow Scott on LinkedIn and listen in to the remainder of the sales report podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more.